Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And my name is Jeremy. And welcome back to our hits and misses of the eras of Kelly Clarkson's career. This is part two of our series this week. It's our first time I think we've ever released two full episodes in the same week, Pam. Uh, but it's very exciting because we have already been sharing a lot of uh, hot takes on Kelly's career thus far, and we've got several more albums to go. Yeah, so we did part one a few days ago, and uh, if you haven't listened to that, you know we recommend listening to part one first. And uh, if you've already, or if you're already caught up and you're eagerly awaiting part two, we're about to start. We were so excited to have our friends Kyle and Rob to share their hot takes with us. And without further ado. Here's part two. And I think with that, we, you know, we can sort of start to blend into the the greatest hits era because, you know, this is around the time we get the Honda Civic Tour with Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a good tour. It's it's not in my upper echelon of tours uh, just because I'm not a huge fan of co-headline tours. And Kelly has had her share in her career. Um, but, uh, Kyle, let's go to you to talk a little bit about greatest hits era. Sure. Um, so... I just want to thank Kelly Clarkson, Jason Halbert, and Jesus Christ for Catch My Breath. Uh, they all had a hand in writing the best song she has ever put out. Wow. I stand by that. Wow. I, die. Uh, I that is, uh, I, I'm not going to get into it. I love that song. Uh, and I love that she wrote that song. And I love that it feels like she wrote that song. It just feels like... Uh, and I know today she probably maybe doesn't like look back on that and be like, I still feel the same way, but uh, that is definitely like a slice of life song for her. Her vocals sound incredible. It's so well-produced. Uh, and if it's honestly the reason that I wanted to talk about the greatest hits era as an era, because I like, I just feel like if they cut off the stronger era and like, weren't going to release let me down. Like this is like what we got instead. And I'm more than okay with it. Uh, I, I love that song. I also love the single artwork, but that's niche. Uh, it also gave us Don't Rush, which I think is like a, a nice, cute little like country honey bun (laughs) song. Uh, the the first time I listened to it, I was like, where's Vince Gill? And then I like heard the background vocals. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but I think, uh, those are two like nice, like, I'm glad we got them. I'm glad Dance With Me was not included on this. I'm glad that it was not pushed as a single. I know it was originally supposed to be. Uh, The one issue, I think, uh, so we got those two songs. I think the look of the era, this is again, super nerdy, but I like, when I think of that time, I think of purple and blue with platinum blonde hair. Like it just felt very cohesive and like it all belonged to the same time frame and it all belonged in the same kind of whatever. so that's cool. Uh, I think the the one issue that I have with this era um, overall is just the way that People Like Us was rolled out. Like you released Catch My Breath in October of 2012. Don't Rush was either October or early November of 2012. And then you, I think they released People Like Us in like May of 2013. It was like a full like six, seven month gap. 
when there's no momentum behind your project. Like nobody is like, oh, what's the next single from the greatest hits album? Like it, either you buy it or you don't. And at, at that time I was kind of like, ooh, it like peaked at like 66 on the Hot 100. I was like, oh my God, it's Kelly's biggest flop, which LOL, like now in 2022. But uh, I, I, they, they, I feel like it's one of her best music videos. Uh, I really like the music video. I, maybe I'm alone in that. I don't know. But um, oh, I love it. It's great. I love the music video. And I think it was a wasted opportunity. I think if they had released it again, this is the issue I have with some of her later albums is when the first single peaks, that is when you release the second single. Maybe there's strategy that I don't know about behind the scenes that prevents that from being a thing. Maybe it's a quarter, like a Q1, Q2, Q3 thing. But uh I had that issue with heartbeat song and, and whatever for piece by piece, but like, I think people like us should have been pushed starting in like January, February, because I believe catch my breath peaked in January of 2013. And it was a very slow burn build, but I think if you had then followed it up with this big kind of stronger esque song, like you probably would have seen a little bit more success. I don't know if it would have been like a top 10 hit, but I think it would have done better than 66. Something tells me that so, they, they put out people like us when they did. I have no idea. I'm making this up, but they may have done that to try to get it. They maybe expected it to be a smash hit to try to get more sales for the, the Honda Civic tour. That's my thought process behind it. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember when the tour was announced, but I know the tour wasn't even until August of that year. And so yeah. Um, it could have very well been a single that was released to promote the tour. Um, because I mean, look, the, the song was performed. I think it was the first song she sings when she came out, uh, which she does people like us. Cause I still get goosebumps when I watch the live video that's on her YouTube channel of people like us. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about this video and how it was a, a great live performance of that song. Um, yes. I mean, I actually prefer people like us to catch my breath, but it's really close. I mean, it's really, really close. Um, catch my breath is, is a excellent song. I love it very much. There's like, there's just something about like the anthemic nature of people like us that I'm just like, okay, yep. It, this is like another Anthem bop from Kelly. And um, it really is a shame that I, I would wonder what that song would have been like on a, on a proper album rather than the greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do, I do think they probably expected it to be a hit. They put it in the encore slot, like right before since you've been gone. So I feel like, is that what it was on the tour? Um, yeah. I, okay. Right I, she did. Okay. I was wrong. She opened with stronger. And I, I just feel like the, not that I have any issue with the song. I love the demo of the song. Uh, Cause I think it, it's a different enough sound uh, that it would have been like unique. I think people like us sounds like stronger and I don't have a problem with that. I just think that it wasn't, it was like released super late and it was also like, okay, we've heard this before. Uh, yeah. It's got a similar message. It's a little, it's a little bit of an evolution for her. It's, it's a little bit more like Gaga, <laughs> like with this the talking at the beginning. Yeah. Like the this, the, like yeah this is her, voice. this is her Lady Gaga song for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it's, uh, I just don't know that the rollout, I think if they had released it a little bit earlier, it would have done better. Well, and historically, greatest hits albums, you know, the most popular time to release those are around the holidays because they make yeah. very easy, lazy gifts. You know, you know, somebody who's a fan of a band, they have a greatest hits album. out. Oh, give them that. I mean, you watch historically October, November is where we get all the greatest hits albums because they are just yeah. they're kind of a lazy, uh, easy project uh, and product to put out for a label at the end mm -hmm. of the year might give you some you know kind of cheap sales. 
So I'm wondering if maybe RCA was trying to goose the album a little bit more too and try to, you know, get sort of a second wave of sales going. And that's, you know, why they released the song as late as they did. But I'm with you, Kyle, that, you know, they waited way too long to put that out because there's no way that Catch My Breath, you know, rode a wave that long that necessitated putting that song out so much later. Rob, did you have any comments? Um, no, I sort of agree with your um, assessment of uh, people like us. I feel like us as fans um, sort of read to be a massive hit. and Like, oh, it's just going to do what Stronger did, do what Since You've Been Gone did, because there are similar songs. And then we were blown away. We were shocked that it didn't do anything. Like, I think that was yeah. one of our biggest, like, whoa, that song did not do what we expected. And we got Dr. Kelly in the video. We got her playing Dr. with beakers. Kelly. We got her in glasses. And, like, it was a cool visual. And then we were like, wow, this video is great. The song is great. It's going to all come together. And it didn't. And it just fizzled. And we were shocked. I'm still shocked. Honestly, honestly, I was kind of – I feel like when you have greatest hits albums – you typically maybe get like one to two songs max from an artist. Maybe yeah. I was surprised. Like we got three songs and they all did pretty well in their own way. Like I genuinely yeah. like all of them. Like I think people like us is probably my favorite, but again, like you're dealing with like a pop rock anthem, a pop ballad, like an upbeat pop ballad with catch my breath and a country song. So they're all, they're like, it's like three different things. So it's really hard to like rank them. I think. Unless you do have a specific favorite, but it, they're so different. Um, Catch My Breath video, she looks great, but like that was the beginning of her like, you know, hair flip and weird color things, mm. which we see a lot more throughout the art, like with Heartbeat Song. I just like, there wasn't much with it. Um, Vince Skill was a really cool thing to bring on, like a legendary country artist to establish her in the country world a bit more. People like us love the song. The video, I thought, like, I love how she looks. I love that there was an actual plot. We hadn't gotten a plot video in a while. But my yeah. biggest thing is that silly green screen at the end. I'm like, guys, really? She like, saved the world. But she the green the screen, the green screen. I'm like, is she saving the world? I don't know. The green screen. It was the product placement for me. The product like, placement. I'm like, oh, my God, BMW, did you pay for this or whatever it was? Like, Oh, yeah. Um, BMW and like Nokia. Still, Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> Nokia. I was still like punch me in the face though. Yeah. Like she looks, you can, she yeah. looks amazing. And I love like the, the pencil screw in the lab coat. Like, oh my God. And the glasses. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, the, the, the singles did a lot better than I thought they would for a greatest hits album. But they, I mean, they still didn't do amazingly, but they did a lot better than I thought. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk briefly about uh, Wrapped in Red. Kyle, I know you have thoughts. I have one thought, which is that the album and the rollout was literally flawless. I have no criticisms whatsoever, except that it's about Brandon. And that's all I have to say. (laughs) A product of its time. I just love that the album comes back around every year. I love that it's it's become a sort of like evergreen holiday album that like the songs have a resurgence every October, November. People have become like, attached to these songs now and i love it it's become a sort of like modern classic i think that's i'm happy yes. for her and for us that is for sure that it has become a modern classic because um this i mean if you ever look at the the charts um it is consistently rated as one of if not the best christmas albums of the 21st century billboard magazine who like are the chart people they listed Wrapped in Red as the best Christmas album thus far of the 21st century. Damn. I mean, 
stop and think about that for a second. The best one. And I think that that's, you know, part of the reason why we have a second Christmas album from her because they knew the first one did so well. And and oftentimes the second one doesn't do nearly as well. But I mean, you think about some of the really, really great Christmas albums that have come out in this century. Um, you know, you're thinking the uh, Christmas by Michael Buble. Uh, you've got the John Legend, uh, Legendary Christmas. I think that um, Casey Musgraves Christmas album is phenomenal. But mm-hmm. Kelly's is just, I mean, it's, it's an, it's like another level. Like Michael Buble is probably pretty close there because he's, I mean, his is a crazy bestseller, but Kelly's is up there and with I, Mariah. Yeah, yeah, I mean with Mariah, honestly, as some of the best Christmas albums, some of the best modern Christmas albums and even Mariah, you know, I'm not dogging her age or anything, but hers has kind of moved into the classic uh, realm just yeah. because you know right. when you're talking about the 90s i mean the 90s are now getting into 30 plus year old territory and that that christmas album is gonna be 30 years old very soon Stop. right and <laughs> oh, i mean no. but look but look let's not kid ourselves wrapped in red turns 10 next year stop wow oh i mean if God. you think about it and still it is untouched in the last, I mean, for sure in the last 10 years, it is untouched as a great Christmas album. I hear, I, I don't hear, so I love Casey Musgraves. I don't like Michael Buble very much personally. I don't have an issue with him, but I, I recognize kind of his impact at the holiday time or whatever. I have, since this album came out, the only comparisons, and I think this says a lot about it, the only comparisons that I've heard are made to Mariah Carey. And it's like, it's only a matter of time until underneath the tree becomes the next, all I want for Christmas is you. It's well on its way. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm curious to see what happens with the second Christmas album that has just been released. If that is going to kind of interrupt momentum, I feel like it ca- kind of did last year, but I don't think it's going to do so going forward. So. Uh, but I, I think wrapped in red is going to be the next Merry Christmas. Like, I think that's the next like great Christmas album that will, continue to resurge every year without a question. I completely agree with you when it comes to the underneath the tree being the next, all I want for Christmas is you, because that's another one of those songs that has like a slow grow. Like every year, it seems like more and more people discover that song and they realize how much they love that song. The point I want to make is that Kelly was able to put out one of the best Christmas albums, most certainly of the last 25 years, but one of the best Christmas albums and she was able to do it without becoming known as a Christmas artist because that's what happened with people like, I mean, I'm not trying to put them on the same pedestal as hers, but pentatonics, they were known originally as a really great acapella group that was discovered on YouTube, but now they have more Christmas albums. My God, than anybody. (laughs) I swear they have like 10 of them by now. Pentatonix is now known as a, as a Christmas act. I mean, yeah. they are, yes. it's like, you know, they, it's like Mariah. I mean, Mariah Carey, yes, she has R and B and pop cred for days, but she is eating off of that Christmas album for the rest of her life. Yeah. She can, yeah. she can never release another project and she will get those residual checks for that Christmas album like crazy every year because that is going down as one of her, I mean, it's going to go down as one of her biggest albums of all time. And and probably one of her biggest songs of all time is a Christmas song, but Kelly has not yet been overshadowed. And I don't think she will be overshadowed by this Christmas project. She has other massive hits that are going to stand the test of time 
in lieu of the fact that she has this Christmas album. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Agreed. Let's go to piece by piece then. Rob, your thoughts. All right. <laughs> if I had a time machine and a phone book, a phone book? I would call a phone book, Pam. If I had a time I... machine and a phone book, I would find the number to every single hairstylist in all of <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> and I would call to make sure Kelly doesn't have an appointment. <laughs> so that nobody touches that one side of her head to buzz it. Oh That's my, my big God, takeaway for this album. <laughs> give me a time machine, give me a phone book. I will save the era by making as many phone calls as I have to. Yeah. Oh my God. A lot of notes on this. Like, I genuinely like the Also, album. the bonus tracks are perfect. The bonus tracks are perfect. Yes. Should have been on the actual album. Same thing with All yep. I Ever Wanted. Um, I like the album. I do. I mean, I always comment, you know, not that it was a throwaway album, but it was always that album that Kelly thought that wrapped in red and greatest hits were going to count as her RCA, whatever. And then they were like, JK, you still have one more album with us. And she's like, damn it. And that's where piece by piece, by piece <laughs> happened. So yeah. not that she wasn't into this album. Like we know that there are definitely some songs that she wrote on it that she liked, you know, piece by piece, for example, obviously a very personal song. And there are others, but for some reason, this album is so not cohesive for me, and I just feel like it was one of those times where she just was like, here's one more album out of me, and here's the pop record, and, you know, the tour I, I did enjoy it was one of my favorite tours, and I think she was just so happy to just be able to get on the road, but the album just seems so not genuine to me. I mentioned this in a recent podcast that, you know, this is the album that is growing on me more and more. Um, I I think your your point is valid, Pam, but this is one of those albums that kind of snuck up on me and surprised me as I listened to it today that I'm like, wow, I I actually appreciate this album more now than I did when it came out. I mean, I didn't I guess I don't know if it's it's me getting older or or what it is, but like these songs are hitting better now than they did. Like I did not like this album when it came out. I will. I mean, I think that's probably the first time I've mentioned that, but Ooh. I didn't like this album at all. Uh, I thought that, you know, heartbeat song was the new never again. And I was like, Oh no, she's, she's my Decembering it again. Like, you know, I, I mean, we had such these highs after stronger and the Christmas record. And then she just came out with this dud and this album has been an extraordinarily slow burn for me that it is kind of, I'm appreciating it more and more. And now I look at it as a really, really good album of hers that um, I yeah. kind of feel bad that I didn't appreciate when it came out. I agree with you. Like I'm listening more and more and I'm like, wow, there are so many songs that I would like skip back then that I'm like, Oh my God. in the, in the blues really good. Like someone I really like, I love um, someone. someone's really good. And like to re-listen again with like the lens of like, all right, the album's way in the past now. We can just enjoy it as an album and not as like an era or, or a commercial, whatever. We can just listen back to these songs. There, There's a lot of songs that are great. And as far as the tour goes, to me, it was her last album tour. The last tour we yeah. got where she was performing primarily yeah, songs from the album instead of it being like another greatest hits tour, like we're going to be getting for the rest of our lives. Like, I liked how the tour, um, I love the songs live. Like, I love, I really enjoy mm -hmm. this album. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think they chose the worst singles for it. A heartbeat song and Invincible. Like, no. I mean, heartbeat song, I guess yeah. I know it was good for like 
your, you know, soccer moms and little kids who are into it. But, like, I just don't think it was quality, especially, um, you know, 13 years into her career or however long. I can't do math right now. What year did that come out? 2015? Yeah. So yeah, 2015. Thir- so about 13, give or take, years into her career. And I just – it were it was so not quality. And we know that she has so much more in, you know, that she can bring to the uh, table. I just thought cohesively as an album, it didn't flow well, but I do really enjoy the songs, if that makes sense. Um, and just the whole aesthetic of the, the looks, the outfits, the tour outfits, the album, the, the photo shoot. No, oh, outfits. no, no, oh boy, no, oh no. Boy, oh boy, no. oh boy. No. Piece by piece, no. Sa- piece by piece, Idol saved this entire album. Even though, like, it's not my yes. preferred version, which I know is a controversial statement, but, like, I agree. I love the album version. I'm sorry. But it's just it saved the album and it made it it like revive the entire era. I will say that. I have a lot of a lot of thoughts about this era, as I wrote in my (laughs) notes. I want to get them out so bad. A lot of conflicting feelings because this is my I I got really into Kelly during the stronger era. So this is the first non-Christmas, non-greatest hits era of her career where I was like a massive like conscious fan I've loved her since breakaway but like wasn't really like kind of I don't want to use that phrase but like I wasn't like obsessed with her until stronger uh so for my my thoughts on this era are the good things are we got two hits from a mid-30s mother 13 years into her career uh which doesn't happen uh we got a gold certified album uh, during a flop era. To me, this to me, piece by piece is her quote flop era, not my December. Uh, it's the the era where the the press and the buzz about her seemed to be a little bit more negative than it usually was. Uh, not that she ever gets like terrible press, but I just feel like the the talk surrounding her. She was still enough of a young pop star and not enough of a legacy artist that people were still kind of comparing her to like the main kind of pop people of the day, and I think that kind of caused some backlash uh it's the best cardio album that she's ever put out uh the heartbeat song video i think is among her best i don't know if i'm alone in really? that mindset but i really like that video yeah uh the piece by piece i don't know it, i think is like a top moment in her career across the board not just of the of the era i think that's one of her defining moments as an artist uh, and I really liked the pregnancy announcement that she made in Los Angeles uh, on the tour. Uh, so those are my positives. For my negatives, I'm just going through in a list because I could talk for like 700 <laughs> years. But uh, I think Dance With Me does not belong on the main album. Ooh, and I Jeremy. I just, Agreed. I don't know what she was thinking with that one. Uh, I think the promo for the album in general was kind of a mess. Uh, I remember feeling very frustrated watching her do the talk show circuit, having everybody ask her about her baby and how she felt about people talking about her weight. And I was like, what are we doing? She just put out an album, like ask her about the album. Like, I I think when you, again, I've said this before, but she was what, 33, 34? Like she's in that age where you only have like a certain amount of time. Like you only have certain moments that you get to latch onto the general public where people are paying attention to you this is where people started to kind of be like, oh, like you're coming to Good Morning America, like sing since you've been gone and heartbeat song. And like, let's let's talk about from Justin to Kelly and like, let's throw it back to earlier in your career. It's like, you only get certain moments to have people pay attention to the current version of you versus 
what they think your legacy is. Uh, and I started noticing that more and more throughout this era where it was like, let's talk about stuff you did 10 years ago. Uh, and I think the discussions about her marriage, her weight and her baby just like detracted from her already limited time of being able to talk about her music. That frustrated me. I'm glad she's, I'm glad she was happy. I'm glad she had a beautiful child. Like, I'm not trying to take away from that, but I just think like, I don't know. That's my take on that. Uh, I think Bad Reputation should have been the lead single yes. of the album. Yes. Uh, yes. And potentially controversial take. I think it should have been the album title. Uh, either that or In the Blue should have been the album title. Uh, but I think Bad Reputation and Heartbeat Song, when you listen to the lyrics, are saying the same thing, except Bad Reputation is tougher. She wrote it, and it sounds less... Uh, fluffy like hot AC. Fluffy. It's, it's it's a little bit it's, yeah it's a little bit younger sounding uh a little bit edgier it showcases her voice better uh i think take you high or nostalgic should have been the summer single yes. uh not invincible i don't know what the thought process was there not invincible uh, not invincible <laughs> uh but i think take you higher nostalgic should have been the summer single i think it should have had a music video released the day the album dropped uh because i don't think if you're angling for Song of the Summer as a 33-year-old, I don't think that's going to happen for you. Uh, that sounds really, like, I guess, direct, but it's, it's like, true. I think you should know, like, like release it in March or April and, like, let it build slowly. If it's going to have a chance of being a hit, it's going to build slowly. It's not like it's going to take off right away. So don't wait till May to release your summer single. Uh, I don't know which one of them would have done better, but I I think that would have been a better choice. Again, Heartbeat Song peaked the week of the album release. So I think you take that, realize that it's about to drop and you release the follow-up right then so that you still have people's attention. Uh, I think Piece by Piece was a perfect single choice for the third single, honestly. Maybe I'm alone in that. Not knowing what happened to it later on, like I still think it would have been the greatest single choice, but I think it should have followed up in August or September, not November. And I think the music video should have been to the original album cut. Not the remix version. Uh, no, no, uh, not at all. I think uh, this is another one where I wrote Burn the Graphic Tees. I just remember the fashion of this era being all over the place. Uh, I, I just, I feel like people, again, like when we're talking about weight, I'm somebody who struggles with my weight. Uh, and I, I think with... Uh, the way that I dress myself, it's like sometimes I'm just like, okay, I just want to hide my body. But I feel like sometimes the stylists that she works with are like, we're just giving up. And like, if she is in anything less than like perfect shape, we're just going to throw her in something that kind of covers her up. Like I'm remembering these like lace dresses with the bow ties on Graham Norton. And like, mm -hmm. I, I just, I remember being like, what are you like? What it like you look, I thought she looked beautiful. Like, the way she was and i feel like they were all it was all just like we're trying to hide the way she was piece, and I, those I don't piece by piece tour outfits rough. wild wild yeah like giant sequin like that giant purple dress like it was just it was just it was like prom gone gone wrong i liked that one it was the uh there's a i can't remember what it is and i don't want to waste time talking about it, but there's 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 one outfit that i remember being like what is what is she wearing there's a black one with like the blue in it and like things were coming out of it like tendrils like tentacles um where she looks like she looks like, Ursula. She, looks like she was in the little mermaid on broadway um <laughs> which i said in another episode of this podcast but how wild like there was not a redeemable outfit in that entire tour no. but what a great show 
had a great time. Great show. Yes. Yeah. I think the most unforgivable thing to me about this era, besides the press angles that I talked about earlier with what they chose to speak about, uh, Invincible was, I love that song, uh, but I think terrible single choice. Uh, the video was so lazy. It made me so mad watching it. I was like, what are these boxes? Why are they exploding? Why is she pounding on the wall? Like, I just felt it like it was so generic and, and that's not her fault. It's just like, I, I feel like they had just given up on her at that point. The, the label, they were not putting any money, investing anything into her. And then I think also, this is a year after Chandelier was everywhere. And I remember seeing an advertisement. I was going into a voice lesson and I was on Facebook and there was an ad for Invincible, like check out Kelly Clarkson's big new song written by Sia. Oh. And I was like, so you are capitalizing on somebody. She's been around forever, but you're capitalizing on somebody who just recently had a large hit. You're, you're counting on that to give Kelly a hit. And you're also taking away the authenticity of the Kelly song. I feel like with music recently, if people don't feel like it's coming from you, like back in the day, I feel like people had people writing for them all the time and it was fine. But now people want to hear directly from you. And I think the more that you indicate that oh I didn't write that song or like I have I'm having people write songs for me it feels less genuine yeah. and people aren't interested and it's kind of like well why like I remember saying that being like this is such a terrible idea like why would you why would you put out a paid ad saying check out this new song written by somebody else that Kelly is singing like it just didn't make sense to me so and I also agree with Rob on the haircut those are my thoughts on the era <laughs> thank you I love the album I, I I have a lot of positives too, but it's just, it was a, it was a mess. Jeremy, do you have anything to add? I, I mean, I think Kyle said it all really. Um, I, yes. Although I will, I will stand up for dance with me. I still think that that is a banger of a song. I, I still, I love it. It's one of my favorite songs on the entire album. Um, especially considering when you think that as you're going through the record, there's not a, I mean, I get what you're saying, Kyle, about like the album being like your cardio album. But for me, like the cardio doesn't start until well into the album. And actually, I mean, Dance With Me is probably after Heartbeat Song, it's probably the most up-tempo song on the entire album. And it's, you know, in the lower third of the record. So um, I and then the, then I go to Invincible and I also remember, oh, yeah, they also named an entire Vegas residency out of mm -hmm. this song. You know, were, were they going for the imagery of it and not to hopefully not to honor the song? Because oh that God. was always that would be weird. That was, I mean, that was that was always a big question mark to me why they named the residency Invincible um, other than to just give it a tough sounding name. Right. Like a 20, um, a 2020 residence residency um, for a 2015 song that like was not even a smash hit. Go figure. Yeah. Her biggest yeah. ever. Go figure. Like, was she going to bring it back for the show? Like, is that, was that how you're going to start the set list? Like that could have been. Yeah. Or is it, yeah. I don't even, I wouldn't like it as a lead off and I wouldn't like it as a big crescendo to the show, you know? Right. It doesn't fit. Yeah. And if they didn't put it in the show, then why'd you name it that? She hasn't you know? sung it in right. five, five, six years. So like it, yeah. Like she yeah. has not, that, always that was the me. only tour that she sang it on. I think like, I don't think she brought it back mm. really much ever. So. Yeah, a lot of question marks there, but we'll really we'll probably never know because I bet you it's not happening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, anybody else with any last thoughts on piece by piece before we move on to our 
Meaning of Life era? No, I have some comments on Meaning of Life. All right, Pam, why don't you start us off? I was eating this era up. I was like, oh my God, it's a new label. There's so many new opportunities, blah, 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 blah. I loved it. And I love when I loved when the album dropped. I was like, this is amazing. This is such a great album. And I think, you know, we we can all agree that with all like the singles, there was what there was um, Love So Soft, Heat and I Don't Think About You. Honestly, none of them took off. You heard a little bit here and there on radio. None of them took off. You know, Love So Soft, I think is one of her best videos to date. I think it's so much. It's so cool. The vi- visuals are great. It was not lazy. A lot of thought put into it. He probably the worst fan made you know it was a fan made video like i don't i think i may have watched it once i don't even know if i got through the whole thing um and i don't think about you which i thought was a i thought was an interesting video it was a nod to her you know some of her past videos and a lot of easter eggs there but um i i know a lot of it had to do with like timing with like the voice because the voice would ended up being a 2018 thing but I thought it was so silly for them to basically have the tour a year and a half, a, almost uh, about a year and a half after the album dropped. Because what ended up happening, as Rob kind of alluded to earlier, it was a massive tour. It was so successful. They sold out arenas, which she really hadn't done before as a solo artist and as a headlining solo artist. But it was a greatest hit show. Let's be honest here, guys. It was the Meaning of Life yeah, tour, yeah, but it was a greatest exactly. hit show. And... The more I listen to the album, because honestly, what, the album came out four and a half years ago, which is bonkers to think about, but I don't love the album as much as I used to. And it's not because it's bad. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I don't love the R&B. I don't even know if R&B is the right word, but like, I don't know if I love this side of her, of her music. I loved it at the time and maybe just because it was so new and I'm a Kelly Homer, but you know, now that we're four and a half years out of the album... It's definitely down on my list of favorite Kelly albums, which I know a lot of people would find to be a controversial statement, but I don't know. That's why like, I'm really interested about this new album, if we ever even get a new album, honestly. Mm. And I say new <laughs> album because the Christmas album, yes, it was new, but like that's a whole other thing. But I don't know what this is going to sound like. I just don't know where Kelly's head is musically, you know, at 40 years old. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, they're... I think with the, I think Love So Soft was a great choice for lead single. I think this is uh, another situation where we have to like look at it as like she was 36, 35, 36 when this album came out. And you're, you're pretty much at an age where it's like, it sucks. It's not fair and it's not right. Cause it's, I think it's great material, but it's like, you're most people at this age are not going to have like a you're not gonna have a smash hit i think love so soft did really well on radio uh but it didn't translate into sales and streaming in the same way it's still certified platinum which is awesome i think the mistake that was made right out of the gate with this is it should have been released with i don't think about you rather than move you uh because again you get you get very few moments to catch people's attention and i think love so soft is excellent and Move You, I categorized with Dance With Me, where she sounds great, but the song itself could be sung by anybody. Uh, and I think I Don't Think About You, she didn't write that song, but it sounds like she did. And I think I Don't Think About You is A, a vocal like acrobatic lesson, and B, it's got a really 
powerful message. Like it packs a punch. And to me, it's right under Catch My Breath. Like it's my second favorite song of hers ever. And I, I, I think even if it wasn't destined to be a huge hit, I think you get a look uh, at that first moment where it's like, okay, you've got the general public's attention. You release new music. Here's Love So Soft, this awesome like R&B banger or whatever, where she's showcasing like this, like wild, whatever. And then you have this other like emotional ballad where it's like, oh, and you get two really solid snippets of what this album is going to be. I think releasing Move You is a mistake. I think uh, it's a, it's pretty. She sounds great. It, it's a nice like aural experience, but I, I just don't think it was like a good choice. Uh, and then I think for the third single, I don't know if, I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but I think the third single should have been a whole lot of women. I think it, uh, again, she wrote it. I think that matters today. You have, uh, I don't know that it would have been. You have someone here who adores that song and you have someone here who loathes that song. And I'm neither, I'm neither of those people. So that's a hot take. Okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I just think it, she wrote it. Uh, which matters today. I think it's different sounding for her. I think the mistake that artists like Kelly fall into and her label is like, oh, Kelly is Miss Independent. She's the strong woman. We've got to release anthem after anthem after anthem. Like this sounds different. This is a different sound for her. I don't think about you as a different sound for her. Uh, Love So Soft, I think was a different sound for her. And it's like, you, it's familiar enough where you get this powerful vocal, but you also, it's like, okay, this person is experimenting a little bit. And that way, if it flops, it flops with integrity. Uh, but I also think she did this on a couple of different award shows and it shot straight to the top of iTunes. Like not that iTunes matters anymore, but like it's, it was promo sensitive and she proved that it was promo sensitive. And I think if they had truly pushed it, it could have done pretty well. Like I think it would have maybe charted, maybe not like charted well, but I think it would have at least charted. And I think, uh, releasing heat was a mistake. I also think it has to do with the timing again. Like I think. I don't think about you should have gotten a music video the day of the album release and it should have started them being pushed then. And I think whole lot of women should have been a, a winter single like January, February of 2018, uh, as opposed to releasing, I don't think about you in February of 2018 and heat in June. Like that just didn't make sense yeah. to me. Uh, and again, you're spreading out this era that is already kind of destined to have limited, uh, general public awareness because of the fact that she at this point is 15, 16 years into her career. She's excellent, but it's not like you have the kids like dying for the next Kelly Clarkson single. So I think you just have to be really conscious of where you're at. And I think you can, you shouldn't be expecting top tens, top twenties, like these big, like pop culture moments, but you can capitalize on what you have and make the most of it. And I just think the single choices for this album were questionable so what i love about this album is if piece by piece skews a little younger meaning of life is like her grown album it's a, a grown look the music is sophisticated and mature um i love about i don't think about you and i maybe we'll find that interview somewhere where she said that when she walked in to record it or to write it, or to have them write it. She wanted somebody to write a song for her that not everybody could sing, that only she could sing. And that is so clear in the vocals on that song. Um, I think that Whole Lot of Woman is cheesy. It's not a song for me. I don't really like it. Um, it's fun on tour. It, maybe it could have been a hit single. 
I don't know, but to me, it's cheesy. I think Would You Call That Love would have been a big hit. And I know Pam hates the song as much as I don't like a whole lot of women. Would You Call That Love is like we were saying with a, a lot of the album, uh, a new sound for her. It's, it was, it, it was like similar to things that were hitting on the radio at that time. Um, I think it could have been a big hit, um, but visually the album was perfect. The tour was fun. I would have changed the set list to make it more album centric because I think we didn't get, didn't I on tour? We didn't get, um, did we get medicine on tour? I don't think so. Um, we didn't get medicine nope. on tour. We didn't get a lot of the songs that people were hyped up about because we were up until that point used to getting an album tour and used to really celebrating the album with her in that concert setting, which we didn't get to do at this time. Um, but I would have released, what would you call that love? And I think most of you guys have, have shared similar thoughts to what I have about this album, but I will echo one of them that was said early on. And that is that I don't look at this album as favorably as I did five years ago or, you know, four and a half years ago when it came out, you know, where piece by piece is sort of climbing back up the ladder for me. Meaning of life is, is going down. And I agree with you, Rob, in that this is her grown up album. You know, this is, this is a new kind of singer. This is a new kind of uh, era for her. And I think that we are going to get a similar kind of album when the new record drops, I think that the days of the, you know, powerful pop Kelly album might be behind us. And that's not a bad thing because, and and this is probably going to be a a really, um, again, controversial opinion, but I think it's sad when artists who, you know, maybe were very successful in the pop genre, when they try to keep sounding like they're a 20 or 30 year old singer, when they're not, and I'm going to, I'm going to, Ooh, this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to bring up the name of Madonna. That's right. That's exactly Ma- right. Madonna. God love her. She had some bangers. She had some I hits, knew you were going to say her, <laughs> but she has had the hardest time progressing as an artist. She almost got there. Like she got really close because I love it when pop singers who have all these great songs early in their career, and then they start to mature their sound, and maybe they do a little more ballad-heavy or uh, you know, more melodic-type songs. They're not trying to you know make anthems every single record. And then you got Madonna out here still trying to make these club bangers um, latter part of her career. And, and I'm not trying to be ageist here, but it's almost sad. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to watch because it seems a little out of touch. Right. They're chasing sounds that already exist on pop radio. They're not creating. Exactly. And, and quite honestly, I think that even, you know, big fans of Madonna don't want to hear it. You know, there was, there was a point where, you know, Madonna hit her, like take a bow. This used to be my playground. Um, That sort of era was, that was classic Madonna. And I was like, if she lives here for the rest of her career, like I'm here for it. But then she started trying to, you know, sound like whatever's on the radio right now and it just doesn't work for me and so i would almost be disappointed i think if kelly tried to do another breakaway album you know or or tried to do an all i ever god help us and all i ever wanted you know when she's in her 40s um i just don't think it would it just wouldn't fit it would it would sound weird and that's why it's very interesting to watch artists and i'm not even just saying female artists i mean male artists as well it's very interesting to see 
their their progressions as an artist as they get older and whether they progress with their music as well or if they try to keep chasing the next big top 40 hit because it's it's not going to happen one thing i will say about meaning of life is i obviously you know kelly sounds good on every album like that's not like anything surprising but i think meaning of life we can all be in agreement that it really showcased her as a full mature singer yes yes and um, this is another take that a lot, I don't know, a lot of people don't talk about it, but like me, the, the title track, Meaning of Life, is probably my favorite on the album. And I just think it has such, I think she sounds incredible. I think it has a beautiful and loud and heavy production that like, if you listen with your, your, your headphones, it's like, it's a very big song. It's a very epic sounding song that a lot of us don't really talk about, but, um, I don't know if it would have been the best single. It could have done really great. I'm not sure. Um, one thing that I think going forward on albums, no matter what genre she does, I think, you know, when she did the Nashville sessions, you know, it's criminal. We didn't get more of it. It's criminal that they didn't do anything further with it rather than just like, let's release the video on YouTube. You know, they could have really, they could have even done an, an album of the Nashville sessions. They could yeah. have totally yeah, like done the smokestack that. Sessions. Um, or the smokestack, that sort of thing. We didn't even talk about smokestack, but yeah. eh, whatever. Um, but I think going forward is if she, no matter what genre she does, if she showcases the same amount of um, vocals and less overproduction that she did on the Nashville sessions, I think she's just going to continue to grow as an artist. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. again, there's a certain point in artist career where they just stop growing and they start to kind of go down. If she continues to really just showcase herself mm-hmm. as a singer rather than a pop star, I think she's set for life. Yeah. Yep. And Jeremy, you both just summed up my feelings. I, I've, uh, I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan. I'm a huge Katy Perry fan, like Lady Gaga. There, there's a lot of like all these pop girls and then like Harry Styles current. Um, but like, I think when you take a look at these people, I, I, my frustration being on, being on Twitter specifically and, and interacting with other fans of these people is like, I, Jeremy said it perfectly. Like I hate it when people expect that these artists are going to continue to recapture their old, uh their old selves and it's when love so soft didn't do great on the charts like people are like oh if she'd only picked this other song like she should have picked heat for the lead single and it's like no she shouldn't have like you can't i don't think it's fair to continue to expect the artist to chart the same way or to have the same kind of sound i my thing is like i would rather somebody never chart again but be putting out like consistently excellent material than kind mm-hmm. of putting out singles that are like, okay, this sounds like what I used to sound like. I'm trying to get a hit. I'm trying to get attention. And it just, it doesn't work. Cause then it's like, what do you have? You have a mediocre song and no chart position. And uh, I think both of you just kind of sum that up really well. I, I think going forward from Kelly, I want to see more writing, but I also, uh, I want to see consistently, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care if it never cracks the hot 100 again. I think we saw with when Christmas comes around, like, she co-wrote or wrote like all of those songs the original songs and like it's not like the album moved millions of copies it it debuted on the chart like really low and then grew through the holiday season but like coming out of it people talked about it like i mean twitter was like gay twitter specifically it was like obsessed with it and it's like she still has a following but you have to kind of recalibrate like your expectation and recognize that a hit for a 40 year old means like people are talking about you. People are interested in your career. People are following you. Your, your shows sell really well. Uh, 
stuff like that, as opposed to like your song is everywhere. It's different. You have to have different expectations for the, the, the part of their career that they're in. And I, I think by all accounts, I think a lot of people were disappointed with the, com the commercial performance of Meaning of Life, but I think it was a successful era. I think they did a nice job with it. I think for her to have mm. the most successful song on that album peak at number 47 on the Hot 100, still be certified platinum and have a gold certified album with no bundle, like, and a sold out tour. I know she's on TV a lot, but like, that's a successful era. Like it, it did well. Yeah. And to be honest, just to go off of that, like, we also have to keep in mind that like, okay, billboard charts, yes, they are reputable. They're important, but they do not mean anything compared to what they used to mean. Because back in the day, you used to discover music from the radio. That was your, and radio is still a very important tool. Don't get me wrong. It is a very important uh, way to, for an artist to grow um, their following and grow their exposure. But the thing is now, there are so many indie artists nowadays that maybe aren't even on a label that can't, could never even get on radio, that could never even chart, but still do really well. So you have to, what do you define as success? Are we talking about like a number one single? Are you defining success as an album that your fans love and that you're doing a re you're doing a really great tour? You know, you know, 2005 Billboard charts, number one singles were the best. Now it's like, there are so many popular songs out there that like never see the light of day on a Billboard chart. That's the thing. You have to keep that in mind. So like, yeah, Meaning of Life and When Christmas Comes Around may have not done like the best commercially, but you, you look at streaming numbers and you look at social engagement and you look at touring and there's just so many other factors that you have to put into play now yeah. mm -hmm. that were not a thing in the past. So I think Kelly has gotten to the point in her career where she is no longer going to be an artist. And I think she's already there where she's not an artist who looks at album sales, chart position, you know, radio airplay. She just wants to make the music that she wants to make, which is, you know, if if they were really pressuring her to get back on the charts, we wouldn't have a five-year lull in right. between albums. You know, I mean, she's, she's not the pop star anymore that's going to be churning out records every two years and then going on tour and then touring until she falls over and then going out and putting out another album. It's just, it's not who she is anymore. I mean, yeah. We are. We should now start to expect that Kelly is going to get further and further between between albums, because she's got other things going on. She's not in any big rush to put out projects. She's not out there trying to make you know money to pay the rent because she doesn't need to do that anymore. You know she's going to put out music that she feels passionate about and that she feels good about whenever the hell she wants to. And so I think we all need to as fans. We need to embrace that that is the new normal for her and not expect what she used to be, but start to transition to what she is now. And recognize that that is success. That is that this, the definition of success for her has changed. She's still a yep. successful artist. Uh, and yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, you know, you know, what's a successful artist is an artist that doesn't have to release an album every two years to yep. stay relevant and stay on the charts. She doesn't need to do that. Yeah. She's already successful. She has created, she could quit tomorrow. She had a successful music career. Yeah. Full stop. No, nobody can argue that. No, she has. Now she's just doing it for fun so that she can put out what she wants. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a good way for us to segue into the final album when Christmas comes around. I think, you know, it's just, it's night and day with, with Wrapped in Red. We can all argue that because it's just, 
it's a sad mm-hmm. Christmas album. You know, that's all at the end of the day, that's what it is with a couple of covers um, where Wrapped in Red was like, oh my God, I'm so in love. And here's like this beautiful bubblegum pop Christmas album. When Christmas comes around is it's like depressed. Oh my God, this is the reality of the Christmas season. A lot of us are sad. We're in a COVID world. It's just such a different lens, but I think it's so real. And that's what I, I mean, I definitely prefer Wrapped in Red, but I love when Christmas comes around more for its honesty. But how exciting, how exciting that like as fans who can like look forward to what's next, she's written 19 years into her career, one of the greatest songs she's ever written in um, Merry Christmas to the one I used to know. It is beautiful. It was just her, um, her and Aben, I think, wrote it together. Like, what, how amazing that she still has that. How How lucky lucky are we? Like, she's got that sort of, like, songwriting energy again. Um, And then she's channeling that into these outstanding songs. Like, that is, to me, one of the greatest songs she's written in her 20-year career. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as far as promo goes, it's kind of hard because... There wasn't a lot, but that's because she's, you know, doing the talk show, doing the voice, probably prepping for American Song Contest we didn't know about. But there was still a decent amount of exposure with the, she got another Christmas special. She got, you know, a lot of great names attached to it. Chris Stapleton, Ariana Grande. um, So, you know, it it kept the the songs relevant on the Christmas charts when you're, when there's oversaturation of Christmas songs. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. I think it was a good think it was a kind of a filler when fans were desperately wanting some new music the first album we got in four years yes we got some singles along the way with i dare you and uh the brett eldridge christmas song and some other stuff like that i think i disagree like that it's filler i think it's filler in terms of what we're used to because we usually are used to getting that new album new pop album every two years this was the first album in four years and it was something to give the fans, I think. I mean, the label probably wanted something out of her. And it was a Christmas album. So it was also like half of it is a cover thing. It's a little bit easier. Don't I don't think it's lazy by any means. Yeah. But I think because she's so busy, it was just like a here's something for you. But it was a therapeutic thing for her. So I'm mm-hmm. not saying it was bad. But yeah. it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm contradicting myself a little bit. I do like it. It's not my favorite by any means, but I think I like it a lot more for the songwriting. I look at it as it's two sides of a coin from Wrapped in Red. You know, when Wrapped in Red came out, she was freshly 30. She was in love. Uh, she was, I believe she was pregnant during uh, the recording of the album. If that, am I, I'm not, I remember that. I don't was think she so. Not, no. Was that, was that later? Was yeah. it piece by piece when she was pregnant? Yeah. Yes. I think she was pregnant promoting it. She was pregnant pregnant promoting it. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So piece by piece, or excuse me, uh, Wrapped in Red is sort of her youthful, happy, cheery Christmas album that everybody loves. My prediction for when Christmas comes around is that this is going to be another one of her slow burn albums that is going to get more and more appreciated over time because quite honestly, this album is genius. Yeah, because she did something that nobody does. Just put out and sad that is, Christmas music. <laughs> she put out a sad Christmas album, <laughs> and I know that it, it it's a period piece of the times that we're in. But also, you know, we could have had a completely healthy society if that was the only thing that was different. And she still, I think, she would have still put out this same album because she was still going through some shit in her life. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm necessitated this album she needed to get this album 
off of her chest. And it could very well be that it might have might soften the blow of whatever we're going to get for the album, the proper album. Ooh, good point. But this is a genius Christmas project because everybody puts out happy, poppy, smiling Christmas albums that are hopeful. Every once in a while, you need an album like this because not not everyone thinks of Christmas as a cheerful, happy time. It's a dark time for some people. Yeah. Yeah. And this might be the album that they attach to that they're going to need. They're going to need this album. Yeah. And so I think that the more I get further away from the release of this album, because I like, I mean, it was a wonderful album. I loved it when it came out. But the more I think about this album, I'm like, damn, that was smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really smart because nobody else is doing that. And it's also, it's like the meaning of life of Christmas albums. It is her grown ass woman Christmas album. Yeah. You know, she is a, she is a mother, she is a woman and this is where she is in her life. Yes. And it really does. And I'm with you, Rob. I mean, I think it has some of her best songs Mm -hmm. that she's written in a long time. They just so happen to be Christmas focused songs, but they're, they're really, really good songs. Yeah. Some of those songs, and I feel like you could take away the word Christmas. You could take away the word Christmas, and it's a song. It's a pop song. Glow. We've said that. We had just we in our mailbag episode, someone wrote to us, and they were and we were talking about how a lot, you know, a lot of the songs when Christmas comes around, if you take out the Christmas theme, it could easily fit sonically at least. Didn't you say that Glow was Um, a song for the next album, and then they made it Christmassy? Am I wrong? Like, yeah, they just added jingle bells to it and said. You know, Christmas can't compete with your glow. <laughs> and then now it's on the album. But it's an album. It's like a lot of the songs could be just sad songs about a divorce. And then they were just like, and it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the songwriting was brilliant. And, then, you know, Jeremy, you're right. You know, the, the way I, you know, maybe I want to take back where I said it was just like a, a filler. But I think it more, maybe not filler, but it also could have just been like, you know what? I have a couple songs I want to get off my chest. Again, some of them, she's probably holding on for a legit full original studio album. But like, let's test the waters. We'll throw in some, you know, some uh, some like standards, some like classics. But like, let's also just throw in some stuff from my diary and get it out there. So you're, the, the standards you're- and classics to me, actually, because the rest of the album is written by her, it's it's like the ratio of originals to covers is like, it's like two thirds or more originals. The covers to me actually feel out of place. Like, yeah, like they do. Be, yeah. It should be like the, the three bonus tracks. All I want for Christmas is you is the best cover on the album. Uh, and then the other two are self written Christmas songs. Like if you put those on the main album, I almost feel like the cover should have been the bonus tracks. Like I, uh, yeah, I, I think I love that the song that, I mean, Christmas Isn't Cancelled is phenomenal. Everyone's obsessed with the song with Ariana. I love that she wrote that song. Like, everyone's, like, geeking out about, like, oh, like, these two, like, vocalists. And it's like, she actually wrote the song that you're obsessed with. And I just feel like she's constantly underrated as a songwriter. So it gives me, like, moments of, like, smug satisfaction to be like, you're geeking out about a song that she wrote. And it's not like she wrote it with Ariana Grande. Like, she's credited as the songwriter on that song. Her and Aben wrote it. Yeah. Did he write it too? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it just says Kelly Clarkson, and I was like, interesting. But oh, no, Avon also wrote on that as well. Okay. My mistake. But, but she's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I love that she. It's like a song that she wrote. It's it's cool. Anybody final thoughts on various eras, the hits and misses? Can't wait for the divorce album, but um, 
yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to see what's what comes in the future for her because I really do feel like we're gonna get a solid, mostly self-written album, and I I am very much looking forward to it. The album will not be called Kelly Brienne. Kelly Brienne. <laughs> Kelly Brienne. <laughs> The self-titled era. I like I never really... thought about. I never thought about her middle name. Like I mean, I knew I, I've always known what right. it was, but I never like thought about it. And then suddenly it's everywhere, and I'm like, "That's right, that is her middle name, huh?" Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put it past her to call it that. <laughs> oh, I think no. it's smart. I'm serious. I think it's. Brilliant. I'm serious. Call it Kelly. Yeah, she's yeah. never. She's never had a self-titled record. You're right. Well, this we'll is see. all personal stuff. Let's see stuff. if we actually get an album. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's this whole one. like name change thing. It's all been like low-key pre-album promo <laughs> yeah Ooh, and everyone's talking about like oh my god kelly brianne i'm like do you even know her last two albums and you're worried about her middle name like yeah oh whatever anyway um to anyone who is kelly brianne just to anyone listening let us know your hot takes we just gave you a lot of information understandably yeah. kyle and rob it's a pleasure to always see your faces hear your voices hear your hot takes Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys soon. All right. All right. Thanks Thank for, having, for us. having us. All right. So what do you think? Do you have any sort of input whatsoever? Not even just with part two here, but maybe even part one, if you're listening to them back to back. We want to hear your opinions about the highs and lows of the various Kelly eras throughout her career. You can always hit us up at all the popular social media networkings, Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagrams. At Miss in the podcast. If you listen on Apple, you can leave us a rating and a review. Um, if you want, if you don't want to write anything, you can also just leave us a rating. That's cool. Um, same thing on Spotify. You can leave us a rating on there if you're listening on the app. We very much appreciate it. And if you still need to catch up on some of our older episodes or just want to, you know, listen again, you can do that at missintopodcast.com. And if you are listening in real time, don't forget Sunday, April 24th, Kelly Clarkson's 40th birthday. We are having a live episode. Go to all of our social channels for all the details on how you can watch our live episode. And then we will be releasing said live episode next Tuesday on the podcast. So make sure you're tuning in. So until then, we will see you at the live episode. See you next time. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com.